really don't know because you don't know what we're trying to do. You guys don't look at the films. You don't know what happened. You really don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. And you never will. And welcome into We Never Play the Game podcast. Zach Klein along with Jeffrey Schultz. And uh, I'm still flying high after my one invitation to Augusta National to be a part <laughs> of the AJC uh, barbecue draft lottery, and it was a total ass kicking by uh, TV boy. You know, he goes into this thing. He's with you know all these AJC hacks and photographers, and you know he gets a a record finish one day, second place golfer the next, third place golfer the next, and just takes a boatload of cash. Cash I've yet to seen, but Jeff, I just want to thank you again for inviting me to represent all the beautiful people in TV world. There's a uh... There's an expression, Zach, um, called blind squirrel acorn, <laughs> and um, it was uh, it was uh, written just for occasions like this. Uh, I would say you're banned from any future drafts, but logic says there's going to be a significant significant market correction next year and any year that follows. <laughs> So we'll be happy to take your money uh, from this moment forward. I love it. Well, maybe there's a market correction when it comes to the opening round of the NBA playoffs for the Atlanta Hawks. They have now lost four straight games, uh, three in the regular season, one uh, on Sunday, Internation's Capital. They go down 114-107 to uh, John Wall and the Wizards. Jeff, the big one, and you know everybody was talking about this, and I was amazed to see that all of the 30 NBA reporters for ESPN, all 30 <laughs> pick the Wizards to win this opening round series. And they said it's clear. I mean, they have a better backport in Bradley Beal and John Wall. And, and it showed today, um, you know, Wall alone had 32 points, while the backcourts of Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dennis Schroeder combined to score 32 points for the Hawks. Yeah, I, I, one thing, not to pat myself on the back, but I mean, what, Zach, but one, one issue I had with, and I'm not saying – Washington is just a phenomenal team. But one major issue I thought the Hawks were going to have was with the Wizards having such a phenomenal backcourt, I thought it was going to put a lot of pressure on Hardaway and Schroeder defensively. And then and they were going to feel it at the other end of the court. And um, I think that's kind of what happened. And and there was some fatigue there. I don't think I don't think Tim Hardaway played particularly well. I think there were uh, team committed way too many turnovers. Um, yeah, I mean, if I were to tell you, Jeff, that Hardaway, I mean, Schroeder, rather, would have 25 points, 9 assists, and only 2 turnovers, you would think the Hawks would be in a great position to win the game. But you mentioned but, Hardaway. Yeah, 2 for 11, 0 for 6 from 3-point land. Um, when when the other guys are doing that on their backcourt, you, you need to come through. And, and Hardaway just didn't do it today. Well, and if you just look at the starters in general, I mean, a lot of if you if you are a proponent of plus minus statistics, which I am to some degree, um, I mean, there were minuses all over the board with the starters that the, the bench did fine again. And um, it's it will be I'd be curious to see what it is that um, that Mike Boonholzer does uh, the rest of the series, because. One thing that really jumped out, and, and not just me, but I think several others, was Tabo Sefalosha didn't play. Mm-hmm. And, and it, he, he did not play because he was still hurt, but said after the game, it was his decision to not play him. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I know he's not the fastest guy in the world anymore, but he's still one of your better defensive players. 
He's obviously a veteran, has a lot of vet, a lot of playoff experience, and I was surprised by that. But he basically said, you know, I've got my nine, ten man rotation uh, that we developed when Tabo was hurt, and now he's going to have to try to work his way back in. And I don't really, I don't really get that. And Bud's a great coach, don't get me wrong, but I was. I was kind of surprised by that. I think you have to find a way to get this guy uh, some minutes. And, um, you know, there you could say there were some good signs for the Hawks in that, well, they lost the game despite the, despite committing 19 turnovers um, and, and you know, hit a few more shots, commit some fewer turnovers, you're, you're okay. But let's look at the other side of it, Zach. I mean, they lost a game where – even though Beal had 22 points, he went two for 11 from three-point range. Right. I don't that's going to happen a lot. And the really big one is the Hawks got to the free-throw line 39 times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got to the free-throw line twice, almost twice as many times as, as Washington, which got their 17. And that is not going to happen again. And, and that was – and I also believe this. I mean, in playoffs in general – to me, the the easiest time or the the most logical time, um, most prevalent time that a team wins a road game tends to be game one. Yeah, I, that's the easiest. And, and we road. saw that happen in the other. I mean, Portland was in it for a while with Golden State. Uh, we saw ISO Joe Joe Johnson and Utah win on the road in L.A. Uh, we saw Boston go down to Chicago, the eighth seeded Bulls, uh, in that emotional return from. Um, you know, his sister's death yesterday, Isaiah Thomas, despite, you know, right. more than 30 points, uh, the right. Celtics go down. So, yeah, to your point, you know, uh, you know, they were basically a bucket away from the top three seeds yeah. in the East going down in the, in the game one of the opening round playoffs. Yeah, and Toronto lost at home to Milwaukee. Right. Um, so, I, you know, I'm not, again, I don't think the Washington is just, you know, so significantly better than the Hawks that they should dominate this series, but I – I just don't see the Hawks winning the series. We've talked about it before. Um, I think they have depth. But I think if you look at their starting five, I'd probably take the Wizards in four out of five spots, yeah. honestly. Especially and, Marky, uh, Mark, uh, Marky Morris, my um, KU guy, still, you know, almost played 40 minutes, 21 points. Uh, well, and they were physical. And, you know, did you hear what um, – what Millsap said after the game, Jeff, he said, you know, we were playing MMA, you know, uh, we were playing NBA, they were playing MMA. And, and you know, right. I, I, you know, hey, I, I, Paul, he, he showed up today. I mean, he, he was physical. He, he was trying to take over, but I think the Wizards matched them blow for blow. And you got Wall pushing up the floor, dunking on guys, passing off to Marcin Gortat and then to uh, Morris as well. They got the crowd involved. They were physical, they were energetic. They did everything that they had to do as, as a home team to win. And, you know, the Hawks shouldn't be pushed around. That's why I like Millsap, uh, you know, stepping up and getting in with these guys. But you know, this is the playoffs, man. You got, you got, you got, yeah, you got to go. I mean, so the fact that he said it was the MMA, um, I, I thought that was kind of weak. Well, yeah, and you know what else? I mean, this is this is what NBA playoffs used to be about. Right. And honestly, <laughs> if, if, if I mean, I covered the NBA with the Lakers, and then every time they went against the Celtics or the Pistons and the Knicks, oh man, the Sixers. I mean, that, that was. That was the glory days of the NBA. Yep. And I have no problem with, with officials letting them play like this as long as they're consistent. Exactly. Now, and you'd much rather have a game like this than we oh, saw I, in the NCAA championship game, right, with North Carolina and Gonzaga where they had fouls every 30 seconds. You couldn't get into yeah. a flow with it. As you said, they were consistent and they let the guys play. That's what postseason NBA basketball is all about. Right. And I mean, and one of the biggest differences in game one was you, you referenced Marquise Morris. I mean, this was – 
that, that was the one position where I would give it to the Hawks. You mm-hmm. give it, you're giving it to Paul Millsap, obviously. But if you look across the, the stat line, Moore's had a better game. Yeah. Um, 21 points, seven rebounds, um, uh, two assists, and he beat the hell out of Paul. Yeah. He Paul only shots. eight shots, which is surprising. Millsap only, uh, again, eight shots in a playoff game. You're not going to win when your all-star shooting the ball eight times. I mean, right. come on. And I, and I think part of it is, I mean, I think, I think Howard has to be more physical. And I don't know if he can be more physical. Or that's just, he, he's a big guy. But, you know, it, and, and when you have Torian Prince up there, who's kind of slight, um, you know, Paul's going to take a brunt of the, of, the, of the physical play up there. And if that's what happens... That's playing right into the Wizards' hands yeah. because, you know, Paul's their best player, obviously. And I think the, the, the you know for the Hawks to be successful, Jeff, as you said, they, they should slug it out. Let's get dirty. Let's get Dwight involved and be physical inside the paint. I mean, he had, what, six shots? You know, finished with seven points? And right. three of those sevens came from the free throw line? So I, I wouldn't mind having a slug out. You know, let's, let's, let's throw some bows and, uh, you know, some elbows in there. So, I don't know. It was... Uh, it was um, a game that we thought uh, would happen the way it did in terms of the guards taking over for Washington. It definitely went that way. Game two in, uh, in our nation's capital on Wednesday. And it's the old cliche, Jeff, you know, a series never starts until the visiting team, uh, you know, can win one on the road. Uh, I just don't see the Hawks winning game two. And then basically the playoffs um, are on the line game three Saturday night of Phillips. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to come back home and dominate. And, you know, I don't. I'd have to look. I don't think they were one of the better home teams as home records go in the NBA this year. Um, and I don't know that the crowd is going to be so loud and obnoxious that it's, it's going to intimidate the, uh, intimidate the wizards. Um, but I think I, I, as hard as it is to see um, the Hawks winning the series, it's really hard to see winning the series if they lose a home game. Yeah. If, if, of the playoff teams in the East, Jeff, the Hawks were tied with Milwaukee for the worst record at home. They were 23. 20, yeah, 23 and 18, tied with the six seeded Bucks for the worst record among playoff teams at home. Um, if you're looking for Washington, 19 and 22 on the road, that was, you know, near the top four of the Eastern Conference. So. Big game on was you know uh, Wednesday for the Haw- for the Hawks maybe to get a split and they come back Saturday uh, for Game Three at Phillips Arena. You and I uh, saw each other Friday night at uh, SunTrust Park for the first ever regular season game, Braves and San Diego Padres. Was that your first time walking through there? I uh, actually actually it was my third time <laughs> third time that week. I had gone there um, for a tour and to pick up a credential on Wednesday, and then I was there. Where well, actually on on Thursday. Uh, I was just there on the outside for the uh, Bobby Cox statue okay. thing. So uh, that was my first time uh, at an event there. I didn't go for the exhibition game, mm-hmm. and I wasn't there uh, when Georgia played there. I was uh, impressed. I mean, um, the food was hot. The beer was cold, so I'm told. The parking and traffic were smooth, and the Braves have yet to lose a game. So I would consider that a very successful opening weekend of SunTrust Park. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, to me, any you know any traffic issues or – you know, crowded corridor issues or this needs to be, I mean, in any issues that I've heard about, they're all relatively minor. Uh, it's a really nice park. Obviously all the construction stuff that's, that's going on is, is going to be a mess for a while. Um, any new park, new building, it takes a while to sort of work out the kinks, but on the whole, I was very impressed. I mean, it's, uh, it was an electric atmosphere, obviously, as you would expect, expect it to be. And the other great part, um, about, 
you know, what's happened since they, they've come back home, Zach, is um, they got the greatest scheduling in the world that they got to open against against the Padres. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because, and I'm not diminishing, uh, taking anything away from, you know, with the Braves, uh, they took the first three games from, from, from San Diego in the series. Um, but I understand that this might be the worst team in the majors. Uh, the Braves before the season were projected when they're like over under is like 71 and a half wins. Uh, the Padres are at 64 and a half. They were last in the majors. So really? even if they uh, quote unquote overachieve, uh, <laughs> that's still puts them at 70 wins maybe. Right. Um, All right. But the they're, Braves, they're, are, then they're doing what they're supposed to do, right? They're supposed to beat up and bad teams. And you're absolutely. seeing Julio Tehran look like he's in midseason form. He looked great in his first two appearances on the road and looked sharp in the, uh, the home opener on Friday night. And then big sexy. I mean, he he was gave up one run on one hit, just a second inning solo homer. But you know, Bartolo Colon, Jeff, seven innings of you know six strikeouts, and you know w- which was needed because he looked pretty shaky to start the year. No, they've had they've had and and Dickey had a nice had a nice start. So um, you know, three games in a row, basically they you know they've got pretty good starts now. Now Julio was sort of shaky in that first game, but he pitched, he battled through it. Um, he had like four walks and two hit batters. You don't usually see that from him. Um, but you know, their defense obviously is, um, is playing much better at home than they did on the, on the road trip. Right. Uh, and then, you know, Ender and Ciardi is turned into Willie Mays. Isn't so. it amazing? <laughs> I mean, how does it, ha- how does a guy hit three home runs all of 2016 and then have four home runs in 14 at bats? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, he's already has more, more, more than he had all of last year, and I think his career high is six. So, <laughs> so if he only hits two more home runs in the next hundred and fifty some games, I think uh, he'll he'll tie his career high. That's unreal. Uh, obviously, he's not going to maintain a fifty home run pace the rest <laughs> of the year. But it's it's a it's a good story to see, and um, you know something I might get to later in the week too. You know the guy gives the brave stability in an important position center field um, where, you know, obviously they've churned through a lot of bodies out there, um, particularly since the days of Andrew Jones. And so uh, it's good to have a guy there like him, because obviously even though he's not going to maintain this home run pace, um, he can hit, he can lead off, he can run, he can field. um, And that, that guy's going to be a staple Mm -hmm. in the line. Um, for many years. Yeah, the I think. dude has 12 hits on the season so far, Jeff, and four, as you said, have left the park. Um, Freddie Freeman continues to rake. He's hitting over 340 to start the season. Nick Marcakis has a four or five game hitting streak. Tyler Flowers hitting over 400. Uh, he is day to day. They're going to let him know, everybody know what's going on tomorrow. He had to leave the game Sunday. Uh, late because of a tweak hamstring. Um, so Anthony Recker came in to fill in behind the plate late in that game. But, you know, they're getting timely hits, the pitching and the bullpen's uh, holding strong. So uh, exactly what the doctor ordered, Jeff. Return home, feed off the energy of the home crowd, get a few wins. And, you know, they said the right things when we talked to them. You know, you and I saw each other in the, in the clubhouse before the game on Friday. They're like, listen, guys, if, if we went 2-6 and six in July, uh, during an eight-game stretch, only winning two games, nobody would say a thing. It's just a, it's just baseball. But that's the way we started out the year. No one's panicking. They fought back and at least you know gave it their all in every single game. There's no quit, and they're already you know basically ahead of last year's pace. You know, six weeks into the season, with uh, you know a chance to you know sweep the Padres and uh, you know put together a nice five-game winning streak. Yeah, you know there there's a there's a saying in baseball, Zach, that you don't really pay attention 
to the standings until what is it Memorial Day? Yeah. Uh, at the end of May, and and I think that really holds true. So you know, check back after thirty games, fifty games, sixty games, and then we'll kind of know what's um, we'll know what's going on. Um, we'll. We'll see if Dansby Swanson uh, straightens out a little bit at the plate. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's going second-year struggles, which shouldn't be a surprise to, to anybody. Um, we'll see how this rotation shakes out, and we'll see how the bullpen shakes out. Um, uh, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say, "Oh my God, they're the greatest team in the in the world after winning four straight." Just like I wasn't gonna say they're the worst team in the world after exactly. going. Yeah, it's it's not. Um, and I don't think anybody. I mean, obviously not internally, but I don't think externally anybody was really tearing them apart after the opening road trip. No. I think that the jump people that the surprise people was the defense, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, Freddie Freeman the, very uncharacteristic, dropping a ball, yeah. not turning two, and that just over the course of you know, yeah. that's just not going to happen. The dude's a gold glover, right? And and the thing is, when you have a starting staff that just doesn't is not going to strike out a lot of people probably this year you're going to have a lot of balls hit and play. And if you have a lot of balls hit and play, logic says you have to have play good defense and they don't probably don't have the bullpen to back it up. So they, they're going to have to play good defense this year to win games and addition, obviously um, hitting the ball um, because they're probably not going to have the pitching in the long term right now, but it certainly, uh, it certainly has looked good against the Padres. What do you got going on the rest of the week? Um, well, at the end of the week, um, I'll be at Georgia's spring game. Um, I'll probably check in, uh, with the Braves at least one day this week and, um, probably, I don't know, maybe some on the NFL draft. We'll see. I know that's coming up here probably in a couple of weeks and let's do a mock draft and then we can just, every day we get a mock draft 4.0, 5.0, 6.0 and just, see who comes close. Jeez. Over under, <laughs> over under 90,000 for spring game. Bulldogs. Uh, I'm going to go under. Yeah, yeah. I, I I know Kirby said he he what he whatever he said the other day. I want to fill it again and this and that. I I but you never know. I guess weird things have happened. And as you know, the thirst for college football around here is uh, is always off the charts. So uh, it could happen. Uh, the the mere fact that we're even talking about that is something, right? Uh, and I try not to draw any major conclusions about it. I guess probably the one guy I'll look at most, um, the spring game is, um, is Jacob Eason. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, that should tell you something right there, folks, is that Jeff Schultz, the lead columnist for the Atlanta Journal of Constitution is going to a spring football game over game three of an NBA playoffs. So let's clarify this because that, because see, you saying something like that is going to immediately you know, cause Hawks fans to say, you're a hater, uh, man. Just hey, okay. So I, e- I was about to email my boss to say, we have this situation. Which do you want me to do? Do you want me to do the spring game or the Hawks game? Figuring he would send Mark Bradley to the other, because as a general rule, right. Mark don't cover the same events ex- with the except the occasional exception of a football game. We might both write columns off of before I even sent him an email. My boss sent me an email saying, would you mind doing the spring game and now I'll mark do the basketball game? And mm-hmm. I said, no. So just so you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he, he's a hater, Hawk fans. He, he'd rather see a spring football <laughs> game that means absolutely nothing than game three of the playoffs. Schultze, uh, his email address, everybody, is uh, jeff.schultz at ajc.com. So if you want to g- – is it J. Schultz? Yeah. All right. Yeah, initial J. Schultz. J. Yeah. Schultz. And- Tell him much uh, that he's brutal. He's going to, for a nothing football game. Yeah, I'll talk about your cell number on the next podcast. (laughs)
<laughs> have a good week, buddy. Uh, we'll catch By up with you later. Go ahead. I have your money from the pool. Yes, uh, it's Zach, Z-A-C-H. I, and, and it's I've K-L-E-I-N when you write out that beautiful check. I, uh, I've moved since the last time you, you came, you, you visited me, so um, <laughs> you're pretty much going to have to find me. Drinks on I'm me, done. brother. Drinks on me. <laughs> That's going to do it for this edition of the We Never Played the Game podcast. We'll see you next week, everybody. Okay.